when uh, a woman steps onto the the path to become a bhikkhuni and takes on that commitment, she takes on one goal, one job, and it's not to teach. Although she may become a great tree, <laughs> it's not to train other nuns. It's not to build a monastery. It's not even to um, learn how to get along in harmony together in the community. Although these things are important, and as Ayatatthaloka mentioned, the Buddha praised the early bhikkhunis for doing these things. It's not the goal of the holy life. The one goal is to awaken, to realize nibbana for oneself. And through that, be the greatest of trees, um, be the greatest of streams of merit. And so we have a number of poems of dedications by the early bhikkhunis, the bhikkhunis of the time of the Buddha and the Terigata. There are seven th 73 expressions from the bhikkhunis about, many of them about their awakening. And one of the ways to think about awakening is to think about it as seeing the way things actually are. And of course, this isn't just the job of the bhikkhuni, it's, it's for all of us. So when, when we really make an effort to see the way things actually are, we start to understand that most of what we spend our time on in human life or pay attention to is really falling apart. But that there is this, um, this beautiful nibbana available, this realization of complete peace. One of the bhikkhunis uh, that I want to tell you about is Sundari Nanda, and she was the Buddha's half-sister. Sundari means beautiful, and her name was Nanda. She was the daughter of Mahapajapati and King Suddhodana, so the Buddha's father and his uh, stepmother and aunt. And she was incredibly beautiful. She decided to go to the bhikkhuni life when so many of her family members went to ordain. After her father passed away and Mahapajapati went to ordain and many of the other women, but also her, her brother and many of her cousins. And she didn't go because she had great faith. She went because she wanted to be by her family. <laughs> but the Buddha talked to her. He said, Nanda, look at the body. Now remember, she was really beautiful. You know how that can be? Someone really identifies with some quality that they have. This is how she saw herself. He said, Nanda, look at the body. Diseased, impure, rotten. Focus the mind on all this foulness. And then the Buddha, with his psychic powers, created an image that she could see of a beautiful woman, and he had her age in front of her eyes. And he said, your body is like this. 
and this is like your body. It stinks of decay. Only a fool would love it. You know, kind of at this point, it's like, thanks, bro. <laughs> I needed that. <laughs> but actually, she did need that. And she said, so day and night, without letting up, I looked at it in this way. And by my own wisdom, I perceived it fully. I saw. So by her own realization, she saw it. Watching carefully, I plumbed to the very origin and saw this body as it really is, inside and out. She was completely enlightened, completely free. So this, this goal, this path of living in such a way and practicing in such a way and putting such effort into that realization, into developing the heart, all along leads to benefits. It's, it's what helps us, any of us, all of us, realize what's important as we move forward. Realize how important it is to keep precepts. Realize how important it is to deal with whatever arises from past um, kama in ways that we don't harm others, in ways that we don't further harm ourselves. But along the way, no matter what role we're in, no matter which of those four assemblies we happen to fall in, fourfold assemblies, um, we lose the way, we forget. And this is a, a poem by one of the bhikkhunis who realized that she had forgotten. Her name was Mitakali, and she said, Although I left home for homelessness and wandered full of faith, I was still greedy for possessions and praise. I lost my way. My passions used me. Isn't that a lovely way to put it? I forgot the real point of my wandering life. Then as I sat in my little cell, there was only terror. I thought, this is the wrong way. A fever of longing controls me. Life is short. Age and sickness gnaw away. I have no time for heedlessness before this body breaks apart. And as I watched the elements of mind and body rise and fall away, I saw them as they really are. I stood up. My mind was completely free. The Buddha's teaching has been done. So lately I've been thinking about how often we need to redirect our course. Um, we need to reset. Like, you know, when you're using a computer and you erase something you didn't mean to erase and you're just grateful for control Z. <laughs> <laughs> or you're changing a bunch of settings and you need to go back to ground zero and there's a reset button. <laughs> and I think we need to use that reset button in life. 
So in monastic life, the reset is built in in so many ways. It's a support. You get up in the morning, you bow to the Buddha. No matter what your condition is, no matter what your mind is up to, if there's a morning puja, you're chanting, you're sitting to meditate, it's reset. You go to breakfast and maybe there is a, a chant to remind you that this food is not for beautification, not for pleasure. This food is only for your nourishment to, to help you with the holy life. Reset. Maybe after eating there is a reflection read out. Before you start work, there might be a reflection given. Constantly through the day, you go to the meal, a blessing. Receiving people who have, are going through all different kinds of experiences in life that bring the impermanent nature of this, this experience as human beings to the fore. Reset. And so it is, it's like, giving ourselves, giving each other those reminders again and again and again of what we're doing here. What the real point is. And then seeing how the cultivation along that path overflows into the blessings of all those other things. Monasteries, teaching, counseling, providing a place of refuge, warmth, care, truth, the Dhamma. So I, I would like to encourage all of us to consider what the resets are in our life. What are the reset buttons? What are the opportunities? When can we gently and kindly and respectfully remind each other? As the Buddha said, the, the single, the, the one most powerful external force for us is another human voice. And so often we can support each other in the reset. I have tremendous gratitude for all of you coming here today and to being involved in this beautiful experience. And I wish for myself and for everyone else involved, all the sisters, that we continue with, with unwavering faith and con confidence on this path. Sadhana. 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 Sadhana.